Second first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's Wells Fargo Championship. And today's episode is sponsored by Sonos Arc. It's the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. I love mine. Stay tuned for additional details about Sonos Arc later in today's show. And today's show has Coach here. What's up, Coach? I mean, I don't know. Um... I feel like I've had such a slow couple of weeks that uh, I'm really trying to think about our fans at home and what we can do for them. So I'm, I'm just I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy to be here, and I'm I'm looking forward to Jordan Speed next week at the Byron Nelson. There is so he's much. Just, to, there's so much going just, on there. He just hit everybody. I think. <laughs> I think he was channeling his inner Kyle Porter, KP. What's up, big guy? Oh, I don't know. Nothing. <laughs> hanging out. I mean, listen, like, I'm, I I, didn't even know this existed. Rick went and found a comment on on Apple uh, about – it was about you, right? The original comment was uh, someone saying, uh, I take two – my breaths are too loud. Yeah, which is <laughs> – that's so ridiculous. Uh, and then I, I was like, I, oh, I wonder if there, I wonder if anybody said anything just ridiculous about me. And I hadn't looked, and I looked, and somebody did, wrote this like three hundred word paragraph about <laughs> how I say I don't know all the time, which I actually take as a compliment because I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to pretend like I do know everything, which I think is not. Not great. I probably say it a little bit too much, but we get quite. It's like, what's Scott Stallings going to do this week? I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I have no idea. What do you What do you want me to say? So, if that uh, person is still listening, that that's for you. I I apologize, and uh, I'm grateful you're still listening. In our defense, I believe both of those reviews were still five, five star reviews. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, apparently, not too terrible. Mark Immelman rounds out our group for today. Mark, welcome. Good to have you. Hey, boys. Nice to be with you all. Hey, look, if you want to find out how bad you are at what you do, just get onto Twitter. So uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I learned a long, long time ago not to uh, read comments anywhere because um, they can damage your ego in a hurry if you're not too careful. Yeah. Uh, they certainly can. Before we jump into this week's storylines, I want to let you know what's on CBS Sports HQ this week. And as always, CBS Sports HQ is your home to start your sports news day with live updates kicking off each morning at 8 a.m. Eastern. And HQ is always your home ahead of the evening's action with live picks from the best analysts and cappers in the sports world each day at 6 p.m. ET. You may be thinking it's a quiet time in sports right now with the NFL draft over, but you'd be wrong. It's a Champions League week on HQ. And in fact, it's the second leg of the semis. And that means we'll have wall-to-wall coverage today and Wednesday, including latest news, analysis, picks, lots of picks around both match days. So check out HQ on your computer on cbssports.com or via the CBS Sports app on your mobile phone or TV. It's always free, Coach, and it's always on. I just want to jump in real quick because we do a very special episode of The Early Edge every week. And as we tape this on Tuesday, our guy, Tom Fernelli, he hit the straight bet in the first game. He hit the prop bet at plus 300 in the same game. 
And then we've got two more plays for Wednesday for the second for the second uh, two teams of the Champions League. So uh, we've we've got you covered on the early edge. Tom Fornelli catching fire, picking winners. You love to see it. This is our new segment. It's called Raising the Bar. It's presented by Sonos. And this week, we're talking about the one and only Max Homa KP. He is our defending champion. And I think the evolution around Max Homa in the last few years is something of note. You have an article on CBSSports.com right now documenting just that. Yeah, I kind of wrote about... Yeah, his his evolution, you know, over the last he's been on tour, I think, eight full years now. And in like five or six of those, he's gotten better than he was the year before, which I think is so meaningful. You know, we talk a lot about guys like Morikawa who come out and are just awesome right away. And sometimes like that, sometimes guys like that, there's not very many. They 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 can t- they they can maybe regress over time like they can get a little bit worse and then bounce back up. But I think it's cool to see somebody like Homa who was an NCAA champion was on a Walker Cup team, and he comes out and it's like whoa, pro golf's different. Pro golf's really hard. And Sean Martin of PGATour.com uh, wrote about this this week as well. There's a great article on PGATour.com, kind of talking about the same thing. He talked to Max about it, and I just I. I think it's a cool story because it, it when when there's progression like that, it's one thing. It's how hard did you work? How 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 much time did you put in? How much effort did you put in? And that's become clear that he's put a ton of time and effort into becoming an, a really good pro, a guy who's on the fringes of making a Ryder Cup team. So I think it's a cool story, and I think it's one that uh, is easy to celebrate during Quell Hollow Week. I think we get guilty of kind of always assuming guys are going to stay the same when we're like, oh, how's like, what's the, you know, what's his career going to look like? How many wins is he going to end up with? And we just kind of look at what he's doing right now. Mark, you had, you were up close and personal with Max Homa. It was last week, right? My days aren't getting past me. It was, it was last week. And <laughs> it feels like a year ago, <laughs> but it was last week. And, and, and you were, uh, I mean, you were raving about the way he's playing. It, it's, it, it's been a really great stretch of golf for him. Yeah, um, I believe it was the post-Saturday podcast where you and I connected and I'd seen him that afternoon when he played a really solid round of golf and, and, and everything about him, he, he just put it together. Well, he constructed the round well. And I I think I made the quip saying, look, he's turned the corner. He's now a player worth reckoning. It's not one of these journeyman, journeyman type guys that once in a while wins and then goes away for a while and then comes back. The guy I watched play was a guy who I suddenly became a believer in. You know, I'd had eyes on Max from when he was in college. Um, I'd happened to watch him play. And then early on in his career, I had him on my uh, <clears throat> on my podcast, the On The Mark podcast, before he even, was even, you know, Max Homer, PGA Tour player, and Max Homer um, social media star. Really. Yeah. And uh, he made some really savvy comments. And so I kept eyes on him. And then I saw him come on tour and he fell off. And I saw him and he fell off. And I... I sort of thought to myself then, you know, this is another one of those, you know, college stars that has failed to make this huge leap from the college game to the professional game. And he might be one of these guys that vacillates back and forth between, you know, the PGA Tour and the mini tours and the Corn Ferry Tour. And and he paid his dues, to Carl's point. I mean, he worked hard and and he took the risk. And, and maybe it was a function of the fact that he hadn't done very well to change techniques significantly. And I got to tell you, right, the way I watched him play last week, I was disappointed because I had him again on Sunday in the final round. I was disappointed at the way he played. 
you know, he missed a few putts that he ordinarily would have made. And then they got on the clock in the second nine, the final nine of the tournament, and and that seemed to rattle him. And then he tossed a double bogey in there late and essentially fell out of contention. But I'm still such a believer that I'm hot on him for this week. The, the way he's swinging it, the way he's playing it, his mindset, his combination with Joe Griner, his caddy, I think, is dynamites. I mean, the guy's got it all going on right now. I think the other thing, and Sean Martin wrote this in his article on pjtour.com, uh, just talking about, we talk a lot about the margins. So in 2018, he goes back to Corn Ferry. So he, like like uh, Mark said, he's kind of bouncing up and down. He goes back to Corn Ferry 2018. I think it was the regular season finale. He has to birdie the last four holes to get into the Corn Ferry finals. I think that's right. Or, or to earn his card via the regular season because it's top 25 regular season and then top 25 of the finals. He had to birdie the last four holes to do it. And he might not have even been on the PGA Tour the following year when he won Wells Fargo if he hadn't birdied those last four holes, which it's it, like stuff like that. You're like, this the, uh, This is all insane. Like the whole thing is absolutely, uh, lun- you know, lunacy. Uh, but he did it and, and uh, made it back out and ended up winning Quail Hollow. I think the spotlight on Max Homo coach is a little bit different because he was, as Mark alludes to, the Twitter guy before he was kind of the golf guy. And that was a lot of the criticism. It's like, hey, Max, you're great at roasting swings on Twitter. Uh, How about go earn some cash on tour, right? Go win something, go whatever. And he has transformed and matured from not just the Twitter guy, not just the guy who has a podcast with Shane Bacon, but to being a top 40 player in the world and getting respected for that part of his career instead of just what he fires out on Twitter. Well, anybody that follows him on Twitter knows that he went through a stretch where he started getting criticized because he was way more well-known for what he was doing on Twitter and being uh, that entertaining guy and then it not transferring. And then people start making fun of him saying, listen, why are you making fun of our swings when you're missing so many different cuts? And I think it speaks to what KP just says that back in 2018, which is the three short years ago, and which is what made his win at, at the Wells Fargo in 2019. Remember how emotional it was for him? Remember Joel Damon said afterwards, you can afford to pay for your wedding. I mean, it was all this <laughs> great video and, and audio uh, and how happy Joel was for him. And it m- really put it in perspective for me at how much he had struggled. But he's also the poster child. For a lot of these guys that are like five years or older now on the PGA Tour, because of what Morikawa and Hovland and Zalatoris and Wolf to a certain extent have done, they are kicking these guys in the tail. And they're saying, listen, if you don't start playing better, there's a whole bunch of cats just like me waiting on the Corn Ferry Tour, and they're ready to come and take your PGA Tour card unless you get better. That's what it is. You got to get better or you're going back. And a lot of these guys don't want to go back. Charlie Hoffman, Max Homa, the list goes on and on. And that's what's making the PJ Tour so much better now than it's ever been before. Yeah, that, uh, that's the truth. Uh, and just one more thing. You, you speak of the social media persona and then uh, the PGA Tour player persona. You know, when I'd watched him play before, it hadn't been up close, like covering his group. I'd sort of went out when I was course scouting or something and, and just seen him and watch him play a hole or two. So it was, I was sort of like drive by a sort of fan, if you will. But watching him play for the last couple of days in uh, Tampa around a difficult golf course in some challenging sort of conditions, um, 
what he is on social media is not what he is on the golf course. On the golf course, he's steely-eyed. On the golf course, he doesn't say a whole lot. On the golf course, man, he moves between shots. I, I, I fast. I can't tell you. I, I think I mentioned on this podcast the last time I was on that I'm ordinarily like 30 yards, 20 yards or so ahead of these guys. And he was getting to his golf ball at the same time as me. And wow. this guy is all businessman. And and I would greet him and say, hey, what's up? How are you? And it would be like, mm, good, short. I mean, he's Kurt. He's all business out there. So what you see on social media is far from the guy that's between the ropes and the PGA Tour. That's pretty cool. I like that a lot. Max Homa to defend his crown this week at the Wells Fargo Championship. That is raising the bar presented by Sonos. I got to tell you, KP, I I have one of these uh, Sonos Arc um, sound You've bars. told me. It's unbelievable. You've told, so, me. told all so, of it. Two two things. It's hard to two, annoy us, Rick. Yeah, we, don't have on, Rick. we don't have one. How about this, Mark? You sound really yeah. good through it. Does that make you feel any better? Uh, I don't like the I don't like the sound of myself. Worse. So no, not really. That's worse. Wow. That's way worse. That's just sticking it's, it in and twisting it. It's great for golf. You can rock out on it. You can oh blare. It's got it all. Oh my god! I'm I'm sure it does. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Keep it. Keep going, Rick. Keep going, here, Rick. You're going to hear about it. You can also go to uh, you can go to stonos.com and check out the arc for yourself. We got there are great storylines this week, gentlemen. Let's start with Rory McIlroy, coach. We know it has not been a great whatever time period you want to put out there for Rory McIlroy. He hasn't won since 2019. It's been worse recently missed the cut at the masters this is going to be his first start now officially working with the new swing coach and there is a course in north carolina the one we're headed to uh that would be a really good get right spot for rory i might get crushed for saying this but that's okay i believe that now rory mcelroy has become the new jordan spieth of the pga tour and what i mean by that is this is this hear me out that for those first two years that Spieth was really struggling after he won the, the Open in 17, we all gave him a pass. We said, oh, he'll get right. He's won all these majors all these times. He's fine. And then that second year to the third year, third year to almost the fourth year, three and a half, then he got right. We've given Rory a pass for two years, and now – we're still giving him a pass because he's Roy McIlroy. I'm not giving him a pass anymore. There's a reason. There's a two in front of his odds this week, plus 2,000 or higher. He doesn't have his game. And I am fading him all over the board this week because if you're working with a new swing coach and you're also trying to get ready for three major championships and a Ryder Cup and an Olympics perhaps, then this is not the week that that's all going to get right. You may work on a few things, but you're not out here to win this golf tournament. I don't think he threatens and doesn't even come close this week. Oh boy. <laughs> let me I've got something for you, Mark, but let me Aish. let me go to our let me go to our resident Jordan Spieth expert because KP, that has got to be the first time in first cut history that we have had a Rory McElroy Jordan Spieth comp. Uh and I gotta go to the expert on this one. Well, I, I think I think to be fair to Coach's point, this is a little bit how the speed thing started. Remember back in uh, in twenty at the beginning of twenty eighteen. So Spieth wins the seventeen Open at Burkdale, and then twenty eighteen he starts off kind of lackluster, kind of sluggish, and you're like, ah, whatever, it's fine. 
And then, and then it, it, it never got better for like two and a half years or whatever, three years. So I, I don't, I don't agree with coach, but I do agree with his point of like, Hey, this is a little bit how this whole thing with speed started is one thing started to go and then another and then another. And then all of a sudden we're like, is, is Jordan speed going to qualify for the, for the PGA championship? You know, like the, of course, he already did via other, you know, by winning uh, the 2017 Open. But you just start asking questions that are like, what's going on here? So I I don't think that's where Rory is. I think his issues, I think there's a a, uh, <clears throat> a bigger, like a, a bigger sample size there with some of his swing stuff that it's like, man, it when it gets off, it doesn't get off by a lot. And it's usually course corrected pretty quickly and with speed it there wasn't that big of a sample size so that's the part that i disagree with a little bit but i do agree with the you know him saying that's how it started and and, and, and i and i get it I, that's why i preface it by saying i'm probably going to get crushed for this but i just watched a dude and, and i'll let you speak mark i just watched a guy a couple of weeks ago that had no clue where he was hitting the ball none yeah. none and that's that's what i have the most recent images of my mind is the last couple of months, and he really doesn't know what he's doing. Mark, I apologize. Go ahead, sir. No, Mark, I'll tee you up on this here because okay. I think we can draw. I think we can draw a straight line of uh, after the restart. That that is when the struggles mm-hmm. for Rory really because his his starts before that fifth, 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 third, fourth, win, third. That. That's awesome. Obviously, that was awesome. Uh, yep. it, now after the restart, things got worse, and and I think obviously Mark twenty twenty was a weird year for everyone. But some of the Euro guys, some of the guys with travel restrict- restrictions in place, I think you've talked about this before, where coaches might be in one spot, uh, mentors might be in another. They're kind of it, it's just I wonder if that kind of took its toll on some of the European guys more, and and Rory kind of got the br- the, the brunt of it. Yeah, well, first off, happy birthday to you, Rory. On oh, yeah, four. and it's his birthday. <laughs> uh, so Coach sends his very best from the first podcast. <laughs> I hope We're the year ahead is loaded with happiness and success. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd like to start there and say, during the lockdown, the folks that were here that were close to their crew, whatever you want to call them, their team, to use a speethism, uh, we're working on technique where Rory was on the Peloton bike because, you know, his crowd was all over in Europe and he and a few guys, it was more Peloton comparisons than anything else. And so he got in really good shape and came back and played okay in the start. But then from there, the game sort of went a bit sour. But the truth is the first few events he played one golf course that sort of handcuffed him and it didn't allow him to play his style of the game. So he was not completely on sort of a little rusty and then the game sort of went a little on the sour side, but he still was sort of relevant. But we measure him with a different bar, right? Yes. So if Rory doesn't win, then Rory's playing badly. And then from there, it started to go sour, and then he misses a few putts. Then you try and force the thing. And then whole the Bryson gate comes about, and he's trying to chase swing speed and stuff. And that certainly threw off the, te- the, the technique. But he has the truth of it. You know, with every single one of these guys, and you see it week in and week out, that they can, something clicks. And Rory's one of those that can click fast. And the thing about Quail Hollow is a number of those holes, the, the tough driving holes, I think of like um, certainly three. You turns from right to left, fairway tilts in the opposite direction. Four is long and straight, but you miss left, you're fine. Uh, five, six is the same thing. Then nine, 10, 11, uh, 15, they all turn a little left. 
And so if he gets to driving that thing like he does from right to left around a course where he's happy on the greens, because I still contend that Rory putts bent better than anything else. If you look all at all of his success, most of it has been on bent grass. He battles in Pioneer, that we know. So so I have a sense that at, at a course where it fits his eye, he's been successful there before. Hell, he's the all-time leading money winner over there. I think he can sort of stumble himself into contention. Then maybe uh, those feelings wake up. My only thing for Rory is can he hit that little, that sort of held-off cut with the irons to sting balls into right hole locations? Because if he can do that, and I feel like he's on his way. I, I think, I, I think like it is with every player at this level, they're closer than what some of the scores sometimes show. That's why we have strokes gain, Mark. Uh, Rory since <laughs> <laughs> was that a shot or was that just a? Uh, I feel like that was a shot. No, it's why it's it, because I'm it just, really I'm just is things. Up. It, it really is why strokes gain is important because <laughs> what Mark is saying is like. Sometimes your game can be closer than a miscut would make it seem. And what I was getting ready to say is that Rory, since the restart, is 14th in the world in strokes gained tee to green. And since January 1st, he's 18th in the world. So it's definitely a different curve that we're talking about Rory on. It's different than Will Zalatoris. It's different than Abraham Answer. It's different than Max Homa. It's just different. But he's still been a top 20 player from T to green, whether you're looking from, you know, since the PJ tour restarted, whether you're looking at the beginning of the calendar year and I get it, like I, it, his, his iron play, uh, and especially his wedge stuff since the restart has been not good. Like just not even like not Rory good, but just not PGA tour good. Um, but I think, I, I think to what Mark is saying, like, it's not like he's, it's not Spiethian where it's like, wow, he is losing a ton of strokes from tee to green every single week. That that has not been the case. And I I don't know. I don't – there I go. I don't know uh, if he's going to play great this week. But I do think that there's I, – I, I, it would not be shocking to me if he won the PGA in three weeks. I just have one number to throw out to, to give you an idea of where Vegas – thinks Roy McIlroy's game is. Has anybody seen the head-to-head number of John Rahm and Roy McIlroy? Uh, I saw it with Hovland. Minus one. Hovland's favorite, too. But Mm -hmm. Rahm is at minus 180 over Roy McIlroy. I don't know that I've ever seen that before. In the history of of Roy, I mean, I I don't know if there's ever been a number that he's been an underdog of more than what we're seeing this week. That's cra- that's a crazy number, guys. It really, really is. So is that why you're fading him? No, I'm fading. I would have faded him anyway. I'm, I'm not fading him with John Rahm. I think that number is too high. I am fading him, and you'll see in a second with Victor, though, because that that number is what I can stomach if I lose, which is minus 125. But when I saw that number, I almost wanted to play the other side and play Rory just in case he does have a good week. You can play a little bit and win a lot, comparatively speaking, on him. We're going to have some uh, more of a Rory McElroy conversation when we get to our betting cards. Like Real it. quick, before we move on, Rory McElroy, as noted, high, most has earned, earned the most money here than anybody, uh, but he does not have the most top tens. There's one other guy who has more. Anybody? Fowler. Ricky. Nope. Nope. Webb. Nope. Come on, Mark. Uh, uh, Justin just Rose. Justin nope, Rose. Nope. Justin Rose. Jason uh, Day. 
<laughs> no. Quail. Mark, Mark, you're our you're our pulse. Come on. Come on, Mark. You're our pulse. You're our pulse. Now produced Jacob's thing. Uh, Philip Mickelson. Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson. Uh, yeah, Mickelson. Right. Okay. Phil, okay. Phil's got 10 of them. Rory's got seven. Phil's played here 16 times. There's your little nugget for the day. Okay. PGL, not dead. <laughs> not dead, I've heard, because Do we this even have morning, to talk about this lot? Jeez. Yes. Oh, I'm in. I'm in for this. I've got some See, takes. This, I'm this in is for why this. we have to talk about it, Mark. Look at all three of you. All three of you are foaming at hey, the Rick. Talk about this. Rick, yes, yeah. me. Yes, me. I don't know. I mean, really, I was going on this block again. That's a great place for that. A report. <laughs> we, have to, we have to clip that, Jacob. A report on Tuesday in the Telegraph describes that a few of the top players, including Dustin Johnson, Justin Rose, Phil Mickelson, Adam Scott, Brooks Kepka, have been offered contracts. I don't know how to describe this. Payments between 30 and $50 million KP to refresh your memory on what the PGL is. This is a proposed league that would feature between 40 and 48 golfers playing an 18 event schedule around the world with lucrative purses. And it is apparently, I don't know if it's happening or not, well-funded. Yeah, I, I actually... I would like to throw it back at you, Rick, with this question. And the question that I've been thinking about all day, the more I think about this, the more I read about it, the more I consider it, is what, what is the PGA Tour's leverage here? Like, what is what is their play? What are they leveraging? What are they, like, what are they giving to players that they can't, yeah. you, you see what I'm saying? Like, what what, what is that? I and believe it is. Go ahead, Mark. No, sorry, Rick. I jumped again. Go ahead. I, I think it's it's safety and security. I, I think it is the known entity. I think that it's it's almost like when you leave your cushy job that you've been at. It's a Fortune 500 company for 100 years, and you go to a startup, and it could become the greatest thing ever, and it could become the new world tour, and you can make way more than the numbers that are being thrown out. But uh, it might be bankrupt in two in two years, or the idea that the money might run out at some point. That's safe, what I safety, think. The safety and is. safety and security. They're getting guaranteed money, but from but it's only if they can pay them the guaranteed money. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. Again, Mark's dying to go ahead, here. Mark. <laughs> this is so tiresome. All of these guys we're talking about. How much money have they got in the bank? Who's the guy of the of the, the folk that folk they're trying to attract got the, the the smallest net worth? And what's that? Give me a wild guess. Probably right, thirty or forty million. That probably so shorthand. They don't need money. But Mark, here's the thing: they, they, I've, I've been around a. But I who, who, a, who I, actually I operates like that? No, but yeah, they, the no these, I, I, these these I guys are looking for. This is what they're looking for. Yeah, money is great. Money is fantastic. They're not going to turn up their nose at fifteen million dollars at the end of the year. They never do. The Masters, the U.S. Open, the Open, the PGA Championship. They can still play in them. But that, that, that's the thing, Mark. Is yeah, the PGA, but, the PGA Jay Monahan said you're a member of the tour or you're not. If you're not a member the tour. You don't have to be a member of the PGA Tour to play in the U.S. Open. Correct. That, and that's, that was going to be my take, is the fact that the PGA Tour would never, I don't think they would ever tell Dustin Johnson or Rory or any of these guys if they came back to maybe PGA Tour events, but the majors – they're still going to get into. They're not going to kick themselves in the foot. Okay. And there's been a lot of wealthy guys around the world because because in the world of wrestling, we ran into this years ago. 
where a really wealthy person came in, offered a lot of guys a bunch of money to leave the WWF at the time and go, and they made millions and millions and millions of dollars. Now, it went out of business in 2001, and they all had to come back and take a lot less money, but they made a bunch. I think this is going to make the PGA Tour do more than this 30 or $40 million pool. How are you going to rate how you're paying the guys? Uh, by how much they post? By how many likes they get? I thought it was a very weak response to what that potentially could be. Now, would they ban a player like what just happened in soccer? when they tried to do that Super League, and they said, basically, if you go, you ain't going to play here. Mm-hmm. They could do that. They could do that. Do I think they will? I do not think that they will. Do but, I think this is ever going to get off the ground? I don't think that it will either. But if you're Dustin Johnson, like, do you care that you can't play Colonial? No, because he cares about money. I know that for a fact. He cares right. about you know, wealthy men want more money. I worked with a billionaire who it wasn't enough to have a billion. He wanted two exactly. billion. Exactly. That's know? that's totally the point. And I think yeah. that like the, the the PGA tour has because it's been so successful, it's almost like it's almost been too successful because in the 1970s and 80s, like you you played the tour because you needed the money, right? And now guys like play like 12 times a year and you can make like you could only play the majors and make plenty of money if you're one of the top guys and they don't control any of the biggest events right they don't control the masters they don't control the u.s open the open championship the pga the Ryder cup their leverage think about this the partnership and this was in the telegraph article the partnership that they have with the european tour and potentially preventing European tour players from playing in the Ryder cup is the only like sliver of leverage that they have for the biggest event, which is, is so weird to think about that the PGA tours leverage is actually on the European side. Now that they're a partner with the European tour, which runs the Ryder cup on the European tour side. Um, I just, I, I don't, I don't see them with, I just don't with the top guys. I uh, unless you care deeply about like the history of the Sony Open or the history of uh, the Texas Open or whatever, which none of those guys do. I just don't know what the leverage is on the tour side. And here, and here, uh, go ahead, Rick. I was just going to say, and the idea that you're not going to be able to play these courses isn't even true because if the PGL goes to Wiley and says, hey, we want to hold an event in November and we'll give you X amount of dollars, they're not going to say, eh, no thanks. They're going to say, no problem. So you're basically only ruling yourself out of like the TPC network of courses. Two quick points. Do you remember <laughs> when they point. were talking about the FedEx Cup and people said they're going to have what, playoffs in golf? They're going to have playoffs in golf. What, what 15, $15 million? That's never going to happen. All that has happened. What was the promo, Rick? You read at the beginning of the show, the Champions League. Does anybody remember when the Champions League was just the thought that you're going to have the biggest teams in Europe play and they're going to make millions and millions more money? The fact that there's a lot of people thinking that this can't happen or this wouldn't be successful, never say never. This could turn into something really, really big if they get all of these guys to buy in And now all of a sudden you've got competition and anybody will tell you competition is good for some people. Well, that's the thing, like having, having this, having power sort of uh, decentralized is great for the sport. It might be bad if you 
are the most vulnerable of those power players, right? And that, and that may or may not be true, the PGA Tour, but that's how the PGL sees it. They see the PGA Tour as the most vulnerable of those, of those people at the table, and they're trying to take advantage of it. I, I agree with Coach. I don't know that it's going to work, but I, I don't think it's nothing. There appears to be plenty of, of – uh, I mean – the, the, I would be concerned about like the sentence where it says um, Saudi investors are willing to spend a lot of money on this. Like that's, that's, that's concerning. Like that, that could be a problem over the next couple of years. Okay. I stand corrected on my previous observation. Forgive me, but, but, but yes, what, what happened to this thing last time? It was all chatter. Everyone was going bananas. Uh, the word was players were getting wooed all over the show. And one guy stands up and says, nah, not happening. Next thing is dead on arrival. What's to say it's not going to happen now is my question. Because I think I, well, they've got I, more I, money think, people involved. Yeah, how, I think guys did, money people. how many guys so do they was, have to get? Like, you that's can't, a good question. Because you can't get two. It can't be Justin Rose and Dustin Johnson. It can't it's got to be at least 15 to 20, and there's got to be at least 10 legit big-time ticket-selling names. I think, I think I'm with Coach. I think you have to get like 8 to 10 like owners of teams, right? Like the, the big names where they have like a stake in the team, the DJ, Phil, Ricky, Bryson, whatever. And then if you're filling out your teams with like the Horschels and Charlie Hoffmans, I, I think you could get by with that at first until – kind of the avalanche comes, but I think it got killed less because of what Rory and John Rom said and more because of COVID, you know, right after Rory and, and Rom talked about it, COVID hit and then everything was just, nobody was talking about anything other than like, is there going to be sports again? So I, I, it felt like there was, it felt like the momentum that was there got killed less because of Rory and, and more because of, uh, of the pandemic. And then he's broadcasting this thing. Oh, uh, there'll be tons. Of, I think there'll be tons of people lined up to, to buy the to, to buy the rights to it. Two quick nuggets that I know for a fact because I was there. The Saudi a couple of years ago they started. They paid the WWE a hundred million dollars to come and do shows there. They paid Hulk Hogan two million to show up for one show. Two million. There are a lot of wealthy people, and I've been all around the world with sports that just love being around big sports stars. We saw yeah. it for years. Where Tiger will go over, and in eight days, he he once made seven million dollars playing two eighteen-hole events sandwiched around one event in Turkey. We all remember when he did that. There's a lot of wealthy people that will spend a lot of their own money just to be next to these guys because they just like it. They think it's cool. They want to tell their friends, "I hung out with Dustin Johnson. I played with Phil. I did this." There are a lot of people like that, just not a lot in the United States. And right now, this is becoming a global game. And I think they should really not discount this as nothing. We'll, Rick? We'll, we'll wrap with, with this idea because whether it's happening or not, Mark, the PGA Tour, they're putting up pillars, right? It's the partnership with the European Tour. It's the new PIP, the new $40 million. It's, it's the FedEx Cup continuing to, to increase in prize money. They're trying to build a barrier for PGL or anybody else who wants to come and try to break down what they have. Do you think we are going to continue to see more of these pillars? And are there enough pillars that they can put up to fend off all of these potential challenges they might see in the future? Well, so far, precedent says yes, because sure. Greg Norman tried this way back. And then there was another, I, I, there, there was. And then they stole his idea. Stage. <laughs> and then, then there was the most recent foray. 
and um, now we got this again. There, there's the, this is going to happen all the time, and and it's to coach's observation. Money talks, right? And as soon as you can get the ear of these guys, they're going to have a listen. But um, here's the thing about this big money. First off, you reference COVID, Carl. It's not as easy to travel globally as what it, what it used to be because of, and I can't. Start, I'm I'm waiting for that to go away. So that's a that's a that's a pillar that the Tories didn't even um, put in place. And then also, you know, a lot of travel is a mission to these guys. I, I'll tell you this, and I don't even travel for the big money, so and I have to do it. We've gone whatever it is, Louisiana, Tampa, now it's Charlotte this week, and then it's going to be Dallas, and so it's it's all fairly central, you know, two hours flying at the most, but it grinds on one. Next thing you wake up in the middle of the night, and you're like, "What city am I in?" <laughs> I, I, you, coach, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, of and course. If you're yeah. jetting about from Malaysia to the Emirates to Australia and stuff, uh, that uh, that is that's enough to turn some of these guys off as well. There is uh, likely to be much more discussion about this, so we're going to put a pin in it for now. We've got to go through our betting cards. We've got to talk one and done. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we're back. The Champions League is close to crowning a champion with the second leg of the semifinals this week. And the K Galazzo podcast provides previews, recaps, analysis, and betting tips for Champions League and Europa League. Sounds like the first cup podcast for football is what it sounds like. Listen in as the team chats with UEFA team insiders to give their picks on which team takes home the Champions League title. Follow K Galazzo wherever you find this podcast. Okay, gentlemen, it is time for our betting card. This is the segment in which we take our 100 units over to William Hill and we decide how we are going to allocate those dollars. We are going to start with Coach. Let's start with Coach's betting card. We're going to get it set up here. and Producer Jacob is going to pull it up on the screen. And Coach, before you dive into it, I see four matchups, a top 20, and a nationality bet. You're sticking with that bread and butter, the matchup place. Well, I mean, if you if you notice the last you know, month or two, I've really been channeling my inner Mark Immelman every week. I love the exotics. I love how William Hill has all these different plays. I just hated all the numbers this week. I hated the choices. They just didn't match up well for me. So I did love these four. Uh, head-to-heads. I love the Hovland. Uh, I will bet a lot personally on the Hovland over Rory. I think it could be over by Friday, to be honest with you. Uh, Cantlay's struggling. That's an easy number for me. Fina, I think he could win this week. Uh, I still love Max Homa. Until Max shows me a week that he's going to miss the cut or not play well, I'm going to ride him and then Bryson. Xander is kind of like Rory to me. Xander uh, is not playing good golf at all. That's That was an easy fade. Homa top 20 easy. Matt Jones top Australia. That's really all I found uh, and I could win all 
all six. I feel pretty confident in those. Hovland over Rory McIlroy is coach's best bet. You heard Tony Finau over Patrick Cantlay, Max Hova over, over Sung J.M., Bryson DeChambeau over Xander Shoffley. Homa gets backed up in a top 20, and Matt Jones with the top Australian. Two, I thought your numbers didn't add up, coach, but they add up perfectly to 100. Thank you. So Thank congratulations. You. Uh, let's go to my betting card because I'm at odds with coach, and I want to talk about this a little bit because I took the opposite side. I took the Sungjae Im side over Max Homa, coach. My thought process is certainly not a knock on Max Homa. It, it is not that at all. He's been phenomenal. I just think that sometimes bookmakers look at the defending champion, they shorten him up a little bit, and they put him in True. matchups that he might not be in the, the right position to be. So I took the other side. I'm not gonna. I, I feel like a little bit like we're splitting hairs, but I did thought it was good for. I did think it was good for. I, I feel like me and you need to do a head up bet here on the show right now. I have Sung Jay. You have right. Homa. If they both miss the cut, doesn't matter what their scores are, it's a push. That's the Mark Immelman rule. Mark Immelman right. rule. If they miss right. the cut both, it's a it's a no bet. No it's bet. A no bet. That's a All that's right. officially Mark's rule. I like it. Perfect. I like I've it. got Sung Jay M. Coach has Max Homa in that matchup. Oh. Uh Kyle, did your ears perk up? What what did you 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 moved closer to the mic? I thought you wanted to get in there. No. <laughs> no, I just I don't I don't want any part of that. But I I do like the rule that you have to uh, at least somebody has to make the cut. I think that's there, a good rule. There is yep. nothing more anticlimactic than a, a guy shoots four over and misses the cut. Another guy shoots seven over and misses the cut, and you got to pay out the four over guy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's terrible. terrible. You can't brag uh, about that. <laughs> the the re- no you cannot the rest of my card uh heavily favored onto Joaquin Neiman KP let's bring you in on on Neiman here I've got him over Abraham answer that's my best bet I have him a, a sprinkle on an outright I think most people don't realize how long he is off the tee he's made 17 cuts in a row he's playing well I'm 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 feeling Joaquin right now yeah he finished T8 last week as well at the I think it was T8 was it T8 no, at the Valspar? No, I, an, answer beat him because I had him in a head, head. I had answer over Neiman last week, and answer won that bet. A, answer was fifth, and answer, answer was fifth. Was, yeah, it was pretty close. Yeah, don't, eighth, you hate, don't you hate losing a matchup where your guy finishes eighth? And that's the worst. Yeah. That's the worst. That's the worst. That's the worst. Hey, I, I'm actually betting against Neiman this week, which is probably going to not turn out great for me. Um, yeah, I, I like him. I mean, I, I was looking back. I think he... I think he's missed the cut here a couple times, but he's playing better golf than he's ever played in his career. So I, 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 I think answer, answer was super hot with the putter last week, and that's probably why you're fading him at least partially here. Um, so yeah, I like Neiman over answer. The Matt Jones, so Coach and I on the same page, both like Matt Jones this week. I have him at a top 20, and Mark, I did it. I went and I pulled the trigger on Rory McIlroy at 20 to 1. That number, uh, to me, is much too long, and when he wins again, you're never going to see something like this. I'm going to try to be early on Rory McIlroy. Yeah, you got to grab that sort of bet there. I mean, that number, uh, there was one on my betting card. I can't remember what it was, but it was McElroy at long odds, and I just had to take it because he's Rory McElroy. So, uh, so yeah, I'm all over that over there, and I'm looking forward to seeing mine because I thought last week my card was good because I put some thought into this thing. I'm mm-hmm. not sure how I ended, uh, so I'm keen to go through mine. 
Okay, well, let's without further ado, let's bring up Mark's betting card, which I promise you is not Kyle's betting card because there are three, four, four, five, six, what? seven, eight, nine, ten. Be- Look at the size of font Jacob had to use to get all of these onto one <laughs> screen. So, so Mark, let me let me find. Uh, okay, let's start with a couple of your matchups here. Patrick mm-hmm. Reed over Webb Simpson. I also see a- uh, Abraham Answer over Joaquin Neiman. Let's start there. Yeah. Um, well, look, Webb hasn't played very well at his home golf course. Um, and and Patrick Reed, it's the kind of place that it, it likes a draw shot. It really does. They both draw the ball, but Reed does it easily. And and um, Reed is just that sort of guy when the reckoning gets tough, he wants to show up. So I just like the odds there because Webb was, was negative. And then um, Abraham... Just the way he's playing, just the mentality, just the he's like an overcomer, you know. And um and Neiman was favored in that match. So I'd happily take Abraham answer over Neiman as an underdog. And that's with no dis- disrespect to Neiman whatsoever. Now there's Rory over Justin Thomas and Xander Shoffley. Um yep. at plus two twenty five. I couldn't avert my eyes over there. Same thing with Hovland over Raman DeChambeau. Uh, the way Victor's playing and hitting the golf ball right now. Um, if he makes a few putts, he'll be a handful. Um, I picked him as the top Euro at plus 400. And then and then I'm high on Max this week. I really am. What I saw yeah. last weekend, I'm still believing. And so I've never picked an outright tournament winner before. And I figure, well, defending champ, there's a lot of pressure there. But he's coming off an outing last week where he had a shot to win. And he didn't finish it. So I think there's a little bit of the red rear end coming into Charlotte over here for Max this week. And he's got a point to prove. And it's not going to be like, oh, well, I'm the defending champ. I'm going to get wrapped up in that. He's coming in here with a little uh, fire in the belly, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. So Max Homa, I believe there's also a boost on Max Homa at William Hill. So Mark got him at 35 to 1. For our audio listeners, let me just recap Mark's betting card. Max Homa outright, 35 to 1. Victor Hovland, top Euro, it's 4 to 1. Hovland again over Rom and DeChambeau. Roy McElroy over Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley. That's a three ball. Abraham Answer over Joaquin Neiman. Max Homa wins group C, which on William Hill is Zalatoris, Neiman, Harmon, Sung J, Cameron, Tringale. He has Keegan. I like this going back to Keegan Bradley over Shane Lowry and Russell Henley, Stuart Sink over Emiliano Grillo, Patrick Reed over Webb Simpson. And it would not be a Mark betting card if we didn't have an event ending in a playoff. Are you working this weekend, Mark? You're not working this weekend, are you? I am, but I'm not on the main show. I'm finishing with Golf Channel at like 2.45 Sunday, so I'm out of there. That's the dirty little (laughs) secret. If Mark was on the broadcast on Sunday, he would not be rooting for a playoff. So he's got, I knew, I can tell you're scheduled just by looking at your betting card. Coach knows no playoffs ever, no playoffs ever. (laughs) No, no, let me get out, let me get out. Uh, all right, KP. Time for your betting card. Uh, I'm I'm stunned that uh, Mark com- composed one that was longer than yours. Let's start with matchups. Uh, I see Bryson DeChambeau over Xander Shoffley. Tony Finau over Patrick Cantlay. That one is your best bet. You like it so much that you took Finau in a three ball over Neiman and Zalatoris, and then your final matchup looks to be. Victor Hovland over Rory McIlroy. Yeah, I love Finau this week. He finished, uh, I want to say, I might have been looking at somebody different. I think he finished top, no, he's never finished top 20 here, but um, played great at the Masters. We don't really have stats on him at Zurich, but look, it's 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 a ballpark that 
favors length, right? We've seen Rory win here. We've seen Jason Day win here. I was looking on data golf. It's, it's akin to like a Beth page or a wing foot where length matters more than it does at other PGA tour events. And yeah, I, I can't like not playing very well. Like his numbers over the last six weeks have been pretty bad. So I, I, I really like Finau. Uh, over him, uh, which is why I made it my best bet. Your top 10s and top 20s include Justin Thomas to finish inside the top 10. That's plus 110. Matt Wallace and Shane Lowry to finish inside the top 20. They are both plus 320. Uh, I think think Lowry is shorter than that. I think Lowry is plus 250. Uh, But Wallace is a number. Yeah, the, both those guys are playing under under the radar, like pretty good golf. Lowry finished yep. in the top ten at both uh, the Masters and the Players Championship, or maybe it was top fifteen at the Masters and Players Championship. Wallace was great leading into the Masters, made the cut there, didn't didn't finish great, but it you know it, it was it was numbers for two guys that are hitting it really well, uh, playing really well from tee to green over the last two months that uh, that I wanted to get on at plus three twenty and plus two fifty. Lowry is indeed plus 250. I just confirmed that over at William Hill. And you finish off this betting card with two outrights. One, Roy McIlroy, 20 to 1. And then you took advantage of the William Hill boost and got Jason Day at 50 to 1. Two past champions. Yeah, if Rory's number starts with a 2 and it's not 2 to 1, then... Uh, I'm in. And uh, Jason Day's been playing pretty well over the last few months. Interestingly, his struggle over the last few months has been with the putter, which he was best putter in the world from like 15 to 17. And uh, he's kind of struggled a little bit with that uh, over like since March, but he's in the ball well. And uh, obviously he knows this place well. He's won here before. So I, I thought, fi- would I do that at like 30 to one? No, but at 50 to one, it, it felt like uh, it was worth it to put five bucks on there. I have considered, uh, so I've, I've wagered on Rory McIlroy to win this week. And I also feel like if you do that, you have to bet his PGA championship number because if he does win this week, yeah. it's getting slashed. Uh, what's, what's, what's PGA right now? 16, 18. I, I thought it was 16 when I looked at it. Yeah. Earlier <laughs> that's, today. Uh, that's as high as I've seen it for him in eight years. Wow. Yeah. And if he wins, he's going to go to 10 yeah, or, or eight or something. Yeah. Uh, okay, so just to recap, our best bets here. I'm taking Joaquin Neiman over Abraham Answer. Mark is taking Max Homa to win Group C. Kyle is taking Finau over Cantlay. Greg is taking uh, Connors over Cantlay and Webb. Coach is taking Hovland over McElroy, and we will tweet out Sia's when we get it. One and done. As we do each and every week, we start with you, Coach. Now, Coach, we don't technically have to start with you. It's just that we start at the, you know, we work our at way. At the bottom. I'll yeah, say okay. it. We start All at right. the bottom. We start at the bottom. We work our way up. You are coming off Adam Hadwin with a goose egg. You are at two point four million, and even producer Jacob now is starting to extend. We we need someone here. We need someone. I, I'm I'm so in my own head because I I I went away from what I said a month ago. I was going to do every single week. Whatever my one and done is is going to be the person I picked to win the golf tournament, unless I couldn't use him. Last week I could have used Abraham Answer. That's who I picked to win. Didn't do it. Missed the cut. Got zero. Answer finishes fourth. So this week, I believe I can use Tony Finau. I believe I can. And if that's the case, I'm taking Tony Finau because I do believe that we could have two weeks in a row, first-time winners on the PGA Tour, 
in the continental United States. I better add that before people tweet. <laughs> I was me. ready to jump in. I was I was gonna hop right on that. <laughs> Let's go, go. Finau. Uh, yes, you can use Tony Finau. You. you have him okay. available. So Tony Finau for coach producer Jacob. Are you hopping on? You're at two point. Here, this is a very important week, Jacob, because you have two million nine hundred and ninety nine thousand three hundred and fifty seven. So just make a cut. You'll break the three million dollar <laughs> mark, uh, and you're coming off one hundred twenty seven thousand from Justin Thomas. Yeah, this week I'm going to roll with uh, I'm going to roll with Patrick Reed. We're going back to the theory of uh, we're just going to throw the stars at uh, at these events. I mean, Wells Fargo is practically an elevated status event. Uh, yep. Wouldn't be surprised if it gets moved up to that in the near future. So we're going to go with the stud here, Patrick Reed. Uh, he's on the cover of Golf Digest, I think, this month. So it's <laughs> just smiling, and you know, it, it, we're setting up perfectly for a uh, sort of a Reed heel play here. Did you see who he listed as his best friends on tour, Jacob? <laughs> no, I did not. You should go read it. It's it's a very good I, story. Um, who would host the... You have to have a host for an elevated status event, right? It, I mean, well, let's see. What, Web? Phil's got the Desert Classic. Web, maybe? Web, the, lives, yeah. Web lives on the course. The Web... The, he lives on what the sixth hole, seventh hole, fifth hole. Maybe you could. Uh, I mean, Harold Varner is also in the area, so you Ooh, could have uh, a yeah. Web Web Harold Varner. That'd be cool. Davis so went to school down the road. Davis Love went to school down the road. Hall of Famer. Plenty. He plenty already, of he already hosts like three events. Oh, all right, I yeah, seriously doubt Her- Harold, Harold Varner the third is getting a hosting a, a spot <laughs> before he gets. Well, that's why it's a co-host. It's a co-host. <laughs> <laughs> he, he and Webb he split can, it. He, he gets to host. <laughs> okay, he okay. hosts the great. He he hosts the last three holes, and Webb gets the other fifteen. <laughs> okay. oh, all right, that makes more sense. That uh, makes more or you yeah, could also just say, have Michael Jordan host it too. I mean, yeah. well, you, know, that, that'd be you could have Webb Webb and HV three, and you could just say yeah. combine seven PGA Tour wins or whatever it is. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> okay, so Jacob is going to go with. I already forgot. Who are you going with? Reed. Patrick Reed. Okay, Patrick, Patrick Reed. Pat, Patrick Reed to snap through the three million dollar mark. There is a three million dollar gap to Greg. He is at six point one million. He has phoned it in, and he has told us that he is taking Victor Hovland. Mark, I'm just double checking to make sure that he can use Victor Hovland. But how do you how do you like uh, the Norwegians' chances this week? I uh, picked him uh, to win something in my betting card. I like his chances this week. He, he's just, he's a man for all seasons right now. He's got a game that looks like it travels. He plays all manner of golf course as well. Um, Carolina, you got undulations and stuff like that. You've got to be able to hit the ball pretty high, which he does. And and um, he he moves it comfortably in both directions. So yeah, I'm, I'm digging his action around Quail Hollow. And he is eligible for Greg to use as well. A six. Hey, Rick, Rick, real quick, yes, real quick. Please. I know we're running yes. close on time. I couldn't believe how unprofessional you just were right there. In all seriousness, we know that Greg phones it in every single week. <laughs> you don't have to point it out when he's not here. <laughs> I saw that That's coming. Right. That's right. <laughs> Texted it in. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Uh, there is a $600,000 gap to you, Kyle. And I, I have to admit, you are the hottest man in the one and done right now right. because your last last five events, three point one wow. million, wow. and you are only twenty nine thousand dollars behind Mark. I can see him shaking in his boots oh. over there. Who who do you like this week for the one and done? Well, I I want to pick John Rom, but I've already picked him twice, so twice. I guess I can't pick him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've already taken Hovland. 
Yeah. Bryson is is I'm saving him for Tory. Obviously. Obviously. Uh I think I've already picked Fee. I have already picked Fee now. Yep. I picked him at Tory earlier. You got four hundred and fifty six thousand from him. I haven't taken Rory yet. This doesn't feel like a great week to to use him. I think I might go with, uh, with either Max Homa or Shane Lowry. I love Lowry right now. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you, Kyle. All right, so Kyle uh, is not giving us a definitive answer. Homa or Lowry? I think yeah. I'm, I think I'm gonna go with I think I'm gonna go with Homa. Max Homa for Kyle, and he is twenty nine thousand dollars. Behind you, Mark, who got sixty nine or excuse me, sixty five thousand from Paul Casey at the Valspar and two hundred and nine from the Burns Horschel team the week prior, one week early on Sam Burns. Uh, who do you like this week? I was looking through <clears throat> through the list of players, and I think there's like nineteen events left. And I looked at the world rankings who I had left, and I have got JT, Bryson, Morikawa, Webb, Brooks Kepka, Finau, Hideki, Rory, Daniel Berger. That's down that list. And then, so I've got Bryson. I've got a few guns left, and I'm going to holster them. Um, and I'm really hot on uh, on Max Homer, so I'll keep Carlin behind me for another week. But but I, I need a bit of a splash here because cause I've just been creeping along the last, but I, I, I need one of these big hits so I can make some, head, so make some headway into your lead. Max Homa for Mark. I, I can't wait until we get to uh, the tour championship and Mark has eight of the top 10 players left that he has not, <laughs> that he has not used yet. Yeah, the master list. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, Mark at 6.7 million. I'm at 8.1. I've used a lot of these guys, so I am just going to go with John Rahm and try to add $1.4 million oh, to my gosh. total. Uh, KP, would you, how would you describe you won't have, You're not going to have any of the top 30 left for the tour championship. <laughs> That's actually true. I got to consider Stuart the tour Sink. championship. But yeah, Stuart I Sink. could, I could take Stuart Sink and probably start at five under or whatever it is, but I do got to, I have to save somebody cause I'm, I'm burning through them. Have uh, you seen Rom's finishes this year? Yes. I know he's got eight. First of all, I was going to ask you, how would you describe his play recently? Like, because I don't think most people would say he's been amazing when I think he's been amazing. He's been invisible, but listen to this since, since the masters last year. So 2020 November masters T7, 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 T13, T5, T32, T9, T5, T5. That's crazy. Completely invisible. You're right. Seven top nines in ten tri- in ten tournaments. That's a joke. Wait, is- he might be he might be the most underrated guy in the world because he hasn't won, right. but he's been playing just so like at such a high level that it, that's his that's his baseline, right? Like that's just who he is. I looked it up. He has not lost strokes off the tee in 26 consecutive events. It's every event this year. It's every event last year. The only other guys who have a hundred percent rate like he does have played four events. He's gone 26 in a row. The driver is a weapon an absolute weapon. I think he's going to win Kiowa. That'd be cool. I'd be down with that. I think I'm using it for Kiowa. (laughs) Paul Casey. Paul Casey. (laughs) (laughs) 
Give him four cushions. Just face it, Coach. You're the ass man. Whoever you pick, they play poorly. It's like me, the I, last I, I am. I am. Whatever group they've dispatched me to, they've played poorly, except for Homer on Saturday. <laughs> I do have something, as you like to say, in my holster that I'm going to pull out in July if things don't get better. And it's just for you, Mr. Emmelman. Just for you. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's a little down. tease. Just a little tease. A little tease. <laughs> the two, the two, two month, month tease. tease. Yeah. <laughs> I got to give myself a runway just in case. We're going to forget about it by then. <laughs> we are going. We're going to tweet out. We're going to tweet out and post on Instagram our best bets, our picks to win, our top tens. But what we're going to rapid fire shout out right now are our sleepers for this week. I'm going with Matt Jones. You can get him at about 100 to 1, 90 to 1 uh, as well in some places. I like the way he's playing. KP, your sleeper, please. Jason Day, 50 to 1. William Hill, odds boost. (laughs) Mark, your sleeper, please. Future co-host of the... uh, Wells Fargo Championship, Harold Varner the <laughs> third. <laughs> coach, coach, your uh, sleeper, please. I'm going to go with the guy who finished second here two years ago to Max Home. I'm going to go with Joel Damon, who won just a few weeks ago. And Greg is going to take Cameron Davis as his sleeper. The rest of the picks will be tweeted out and posted on Instagram. Make sure to follow at First Cut Pod if you want to see those. Gentlemen, that has been our mega preview pod for this week's Wells Fargo Championship. Let me thank producer Jacob doing all the hard work behind the scenes. Let me thank Mark Immelman, who you can find on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman. Let me thank the coach who you can find at the Coach Rules. That's Kyle Porter, who you can find at Kyle Porter CBS. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. 